Well, welcome to another episode on See, Here Love, and Happy New Year! Woo! Woo! It is a new year. Uh, we are here. It, let's celebrate that we made it through another year of pandemic, and now we stand uh, looking into 2022, and wow, uh, can't believe that we made it, and really excited. And I'm so excited that we're kicking off this new year with the formidable, amazing guest, Lisa Turkhurst. Some of you know her, actually a lot of you would know her, but if you don't, she is the president of Proverbs 31 Ministries and the number one New York Times bestselling author of Forgiving What You Can't Forget, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, Uninvited, and so much more. She's an incredible Bible teacher, and she writes from her gray farm table and lives with her family in North Carolina. Uh, she has been an inspiration for me as she's navigated some really uh, tough things uh, in the past number of years. And I have looked to Lisa's writing for a lot of inspiration and comfort and understanding. Uh, she is strong and brave, and I'm just excited that uh, I get a chance to talk with her about her thoughts for the new year, what she's learned this past year, and what she is hoping to become in the new year. And then also talking about her latest book, I'll Start Again Monday, Break the Cycle of Unhealthy Eating Habits with Lasting Spiritual Satisfaction. So who doesn't want to start the new year talking about how to live healthy, make good decisions, find your beautiful, and grow closer to God in the process. So here is my conversation with Lisa Turkhurst. Well, welcome back to another episode of See, Here Love, and Happy New Year to all of you who are listening. Uh, this is a special show because I have a great woman with us, Lisa Turkers. Welcome, and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. I cannot believe it's 2022. Where does the time go? But I know. Um, I say the same yes. thing. There's just something so special, I think, about the new year, and it's the time that we're more motivated than ever to make changes that we probably should have made in March, <laughs> April, May, June, October, <laughs> November of last year. But it just seems like, hey, this is a clean start. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited. I love New Year's. Yeah, me too. And before we start, Lisa, I just wanted to say this. And I think it's just a moment that I've been wanting to say this to you for a long time, just to affirm you as a woman, as a leader. And thank you so much for your leadership and honesty as you've navigated some really difficult things through the years of your cancer journey and your marriage. And so I just wanted to say before we begin, just thank you for your vulnerability and, and just sharing with us as women around the world your life and your learning. So I just wanted to say that and appreciate you, your ministry, and just we're cheering you on here in Canada. Thank you. That means a lot. It really does. And, you know, I made a commitment when I started getting into ministry that I never wanted to stand on the stage and um, think that the spotlight would fix any of my insecurities because the reality is the spotlight just exposes whatever we're walking through and whatever we're carrying and and oftentimes the spotlight can expose our most unhealed places mm -hmm. and so 
I think for me, the vulnerability and the drive for authenticity is if someone's interacting with me sitting at my kitchen table, I want them to find the same person that they see on stage, that they read in the books. And that's just really important to me. That doesn't mean that I don't keep some things private. You know, there's a big difference between privacy Mm -hmm. and secrecy. Secrecy is for the purpose of hiding something, um, but privacy is for the, for the purpose of healing. And so it is possible to, to remain private about some things, but also to be authentic and vulnerable. And so, um, yeah, I think some of us think that integrity should be perfection. I think integrity is honorable vulnerability before God. Mm, that's good. Not perfection. No, that's good. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, the last time that I sat and talked with you, I think it's 12 to 15 years ago when we were on another women's show called Full Circle, and you were sharing about your life as well. And I don't know if you knew this, but during that time, I was going through sort of this, this secret of my own breakdown of my marriage, and eventually him choosing to leave, and then me publicly having to share on national TV that my marriage had ended. And I remember going through that and 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 yet, you know, I think the I'm so thankful for safe and wonderful women in community who who had my back. Like, did not let me, you know, the arrows and the gossip and the whispers were being flung, and they literally, uh, you know, stood around and protected me. So, you know, and I and I've seen that too with you, just how strong you've been with, the, you know, so many people talking. And so I just I just wanted to affirm that to you and just. And just thank you. It, you've been such a great and gracious example of how to navigate through some tough things. So, well, thank, thank you. you. And I'm still walking through some really tough things. You know, I think um, I would love to be able to say that my life now is just tied up in a neat, nice bow, but it's not. You know, things are still hard. Things are um, complicated, and you know, I I think. Uh, One of my favorite places to turn to in scripture is Matthew chapter five, when Jesus teaches us the Beatitudes. And I think sometimes when we look at the Beatitudes, we think of those as separate categories of people like blessed are you if you're poor in spirit, blessed are you if you're mourning, blessed are you if you um, are pure in heart, blessed are you if you hunger and thirst against right, you know, for, for righteousness. But when I really looked at Matthew 5 and started thinking, how does this apply to my life now? I found that the poor in spirit there is just that you've been in pain for so long that you're utterly exhausted, either emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, relationally, or it could be all at the same time. And because we find all of us find ourselves in that, if you take a look at the Beatitudes and look, they're actually, I think what Jesus is actually unpacking are the stages you go through when you're very broken. So it's like, blessed are you when you are brokenhearted, poor in spirit, and you will mourn, right? And then you will be made more meek, more gentle, more humble. Meekness is not weakness. It's actually a position of great strength. And then you'll, and you like keep looking, you'll hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then you will become more merciful and compassionate towards other people. And so I think one of the most comforting things for those of us who are going through brokenness, or like you said, 15 years ago, when you were making this public announcement, so devastating, I think you probably sensed a gentleness in, 
in the women who have walked through their own brokenness and come out and decided that their brokenness is going to make them better rather than bitter. And, and, and when you're with someone like that, they bring a different kind of peace. And isn't it interesting as you keep going down the Beatitudes, it says then blessed are the peacemakers. And then right after that, it says, and blessed are you when you're persecuted, insulted, falsely accused, because your light will be offensive to other people's darkness. Your healing will be offensive to other people's healing, you know, unhealing. And so then you're right back up in the, the beginning. Blessed are you when you're poor in spirit, you know, but okay. now you're going to go through these stages that is so, it's such a beautiful gift from Jesus so we don't get lost in the process because life never ties up in a neat, nice bow. No. It's like no. we may go through all these stages and we may become better and then something else is going to hurt us. But now instead of getting frustrated, like why do all the hard things, bad things, awful things happen to me? You're just like, nope, I know where we're headed. I may be poor in spirit and I may mourn, but I'm going to be more made, more humble, I'm going to be made more pure in heart. It's going to cause me to hunger and thirst for righteousness even more. It's going to make me more compassionate. And so that way we can see that the pain is not pointless. There's a purpose and that nothing can touch us that doesn't first pass through God's hands. I was just with Jennifer Rothschild a few weeks ago and she said that. And I was like, wait, I got to sit with that. And then it occurred to me. She's right. Nothing is going to touch me that doesn't first pass through God's hands. And whatever God's hands touch, eventual good is in the works. Oh, that's good. Oh, Lisa, that is good. Thank you for that. I think, you know, I, as I look back through that devastating time in me, I've noticed, and, and people have said that, the change in me as a woman, as a speaker, as a communicator, as a leader changed a lot more grace and kindness and empathy towards one another, you know, and towards others, more gentleness in me. Yeah, I saw, and I saw it as a woman change in me and how I related to people, how I saw people, how I engaged with people, even what I said to people changed because of that. So that's good. That's really good. I'm going to go look through the Beatitudes again. I think I need to land on that as I start this new year. And, and, and that's actually my, a nice start. Uh, as we sit here and you're like, I cannot believe 2022. When you look back at the year, so we're like two years into pandemic <laughs> and in Canada, I mean, did you know that the province that I live in Ontario had the strictest and longest lockdown in the world? Like we wow. were locked down for months and yeah, it is. I mean, it's nothing to brag about, but just, I think people don't like realize that up in Canada, we had some of the strictest lockdowns, but your past year, Lisa, as you look back. Uh, what would you say that you've learned about yourself, God, something, yeah, something as you kind of look, I always like looking back and going, oh, what did I learn in this year? What would you say you've learned? I have learned not to let other people's opinions dictate or even determine who I am and how I see myself. And, you know, that's a hard thing for um I was, I, I'm working on a new book and, um, I was writing about how this distinct memory when I was in elementary school of the chalkboard and the bulletin board beside the chalkboard where all of the kids in the class, their names were listed and everybody had three cards hooked below their name. They had a red card, a yellow card and a green card. 
and the goal was to stay on the green card. And it was publicly displayed. So if you were good that day, then you could look at your name and see a green card. And if you'd had some issues, you had a yellow card. And if you had to go talk to the principal, you had a red card, right? Mm -hmm. And I became so fixated as a very young child. I think I might have been in first or second grade that I was so desperate to be known as good that I literally tried to please everybody in the classroom, tried to go overboard just being, demonstrating and proving to other people, kind of striving so that I could always have my green card front and center. Mm -hmm. And what I realized it's because I never, and obviously when I'm first and second grade, you're not going to do this. But as the Lord is my witness, sometimes I'm still that little girl with desperate to have the green card by my name, you know, and I think what I am learning and I have learned through this past year is I, I, who I am is determined by Christ. I am a holy and dearly loved child of the almighty God. And what kind of person I'm known as needs to be established by me, not the opinions of other people. And otherwise, the opinions of other people are always going to fluctuate. They're going to be for you and against you. They're going to be up and they're going to be down. And especially in this culture that we live in, I mean, my goodness, it's a scary time to be a communicator. You say one wrong thing or you say something and someone takes it out of context and then cancel culture just is real. So there's never been a more important time for us to realize who we are is not determined by the opinions of other people. We need to be confident. Like I now am really working with the Lord to say, no, I have already been determined to be a holy and dearly loved child of God. I am a good person. I am compassionate. I am loving. I am generous. I'm creative. And I cannot let the opinions of other people get inside the core of who I am and make me question that. I can be held accountable and I can certainly be challenged, but at the core of who I am, I need to know who I am, be confident that God has confirmed who I am and I need to walk in that. And then I need to be patient and loving with other people's opinions because usually they're demonstrating that either they have been hurt and they're perpetuating that hurt or that they need some compassion and I need to give them that compassion. And maybe sometimes it's both. And so I think I'm just learning to have a little more patience with myself Mm -hmm. that I'm still a good person even when I make mistakes. I'm still a good person even when other people's opinions of me fluctuate. I'm still a good person even when hard stuff happens in life that I didn't want and I didn't see coming. Um, and at the end of the day, I am the Imago Day. I am a reflection and image bearer of God. And that's who I am. So good. Lisa. That is so good. I remember one of the things that I was challenged by, by a great therapist who was good and honest with me was that I lived in the opinions of others. So I was a chameleon. I could become whoever people wanted me to be so that the deep part of the people pleasing and wanting to be accepted came into this 
multiple hats, chameleon, and, and trying to be loved by everybody and trying to be the person that people wanted me to be. Well, A, that's exhausting. B, I failed. C, at one point, I didn't even know who I was. And it was the long journey of understanding kind of back to Melinda, created by God, beloved by God as me, and not having to chase after multiple uh, you know, different groups of people who wanted me to be something else. And that's even within a Christian context too. I mean, this is, you know, the, from family to colleagues to ministry people to all of the groups. So that's, that's, that's great. That's a great learning. That's something I think all of us need to kind of take a moment and go, you know, what's motivating me and, and how do I see myself? I'm being at peace with that. I like that word peace, Lisa. So we looked at the learning and then looking ahead so whether at least it's a word or who you want to become as in, as we're becoming what would you say as you look at 2022 uh your hope for yourself as you look ahead my hope for myself in 2022 is um to stop being attached to outcomes of my own making hmm. to the degree that I stop thinking that my way surely is God's way and then trying to hold God accountable to an outcome that I think needs to happen and that I think is best. When in reality, we serve a really big God who knows every bit of what's happening. You know, we only typically see what's happening right in front of us. But simultaneously, we know, because Ephesians 6 tells us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the evil forces that hover in the heavenly realms. And so there's the physical reality that's happening, and then there's a spiritual reality happening simultaneously. And sometimes I think I forget that God's version of what is best may have a lot more to do with things happening in the spiritual realm that he has to arrange in the physical realm that may not look good, seem good, feel good to me right now. Mm -hmm. But that's why we call walking with God faith. Yeah. That's why it, it really does require that we trust God. And so I think I will suffer a lot less in 2022 if I stop being so resistant to what is happening to me and stop trying to fix it or control it, or minimize it, or, or, you know, I think, I think I will be at more peace if I just choose to accept reality, admit what I can and cannot do, and trust that God is going to be enough for me today, and he'll be enough for me tomorrow, and beyond that, I just have to get into God's word and let his word get into me so that I can be strong enough just to face this day. And also I've got to challenge my brain to stop running into the future <laughs> and trying to figure everything out and, um, and, you know, and stop trying to prevent things from happening. Um, I'm just, I've got to just focus. Like my job is to be obedient to God today. God's job is everything else. So good. That's perfect for the new year. You know, and I think that that sense, I think even for me, Lisa, of being present in my day, right? Taking the whole day in and then doing it the next day because I'm a run ahead, think like a million things ahead of 
myself and the day and so and miss a lot of what's happening around me in the present you know last year was a big about being present you know and 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 being grateful and taking it all in in the day so that's yeah because if we run into the future <laughs> we're going to pick up burdens that we were never meant to carry today god's given us grace for today he's given us strength for today so we do not need to run into the future and grab the burdens that may or may not exist in the future and try to bring them into today because God hasn't given us grace or strength to face what's going to be there tomorrow. He'll give us that tomorrow. Yeah. And so he has given us exactly what we need for today. And that's what I'm really trying to stay focused on. And it's not that we don't strategize or it's not that we're, you know, like there are safety measures we put in place today so that we can be healthy and sustainable for tomorrow, but we don't need to carry the burdens of tomorrow. We need to be wise and just carry the burdens of today and trust that God has given us grace for today, strength for today, and he'll be with us right now today. So good. So good. I love that. I'm, I'm taking that all in and, and taking that as good wisdom, Lisa. Well, it's perfect timing, too, that you were chatting because you've got a new book out called I'll Start Again on Monday. I love that title, which is so interesting because it's about cravings, uh, finding our beautiful, and finally breaking the cycle of unhealthy eating habits. Now, fascinating. I, I kind of looked at it and I'm like, wow, Lisa, this is a really practical good book. And, and I, I have to be honest, I mean, surprised at the eating, you know, healthy. So let's talk through this because there's some really great lessons in so many areas here. And yet you, it's a really practical one about eating. And I will say that when I was looking, you know, through it and kind of thinking about the concept, I had to admit that I have unhealthy eating patterns as well. It is, it's sort of like my go-to, it's comfort, all those things. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about this. So let's start with um, your own personal struggle with this. Like, obviously you wrote the book because it's something that you're faced with and that you struggle with. Mm -hmm. and, and now you're sharing it with us. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, I'll say that I think what started happening to me is the scale became a determination of worth to me. Mm. And, you know, I would step on the scale and if the scale said a number that I thought was good, then I felt good. But if the number on the scale was something that I felt like, oh, you know, how in the world did I get to this place? And I started just really beating myself up. Like, you're mm -hmm. so undisciplined. You just, other people have got this all figured out, but not you. Like, you know, it, maybe it's a curse of genetics, but then I look at my mom and my sister and they've always been very naturally thin, you know, and I've always been the one in my family that has to mm -hmm. watch what I eat and exercise and, and, um, and work hard to stay healthy. And so then I would think, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it's like something medically. If I go to the doctor, maybe they'll give me a pill and it will magically make me weigh less. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was finding that while we are supposed to consume food, food is not supposed to consume us and food and my weight and all this, it was consuming me. It was taking up so much space. 
in my heart, in my mind, in my thoughts. And so one day I wrote this statement down. It said, the scale can measure my weight as a woman, but it can never measure my worth as a woman. Ah, it's good. So the scale can measure my physical weight. It can tell me how much my bones and flesh and cellulite weigh, you know, um, but it, the scale cannot determine my worth as a woman. And so I wrote that down. I put it on a sticky note on top of the numbers of my scale. And when out of habit that next week I started stepping on the scale, I was forced to remind myself, it's not about the number. It's, it's about how's my heart doing? How's my perspective? Am I consuming food to be healthy or is food consuming me in unhealthy ways? So I actually wrote, um, the book made to crave. It came out in 2010. And so it's been now, you know, 12 years since that book came out. And, um, so we decided to take that book and the best of it and condense it and add some new things sort of updated and then put this out and maybe for people if you don't like to read like a massive book you'll like this one because you'll get the best of what was in made to crave but you'll get it in a quick format with the same authenticity and vulnerability and admission of my own struggles with this and um I think it's a, it's a good companion when you're wanting to make healthy choices. So again, this is not about being skinny or trying to get skinny. It's not about that. This is really about paying attention to what God intended food to do for us and, and keeping that in check. And also just reminding ourselves daily that, um, that, that food is to be enjoyed. Food is to be used in community. Um, and so I think sometimes we get so fixated on a certain number that we just stop using food and enjoying food the way that it was intended. So we can use food, but we shouldn't abuse it or misuse it. Yeah, I know. That's good. And you're right. I mean, food is so much a part of community. Like a, a lot of my girlfriend outings are around food and table. We're all about table. My church is, you know, our, we're a culture of table where we gather together. I mean, it's so much of that. So I, I like that thought because it's, it's not that, you know, obviously we're going to eat and enjoy food, but we don't want food to consume us. Now, in it, too, I found this interesting, and I think that's from your book in the past about you know, you say that we were made to crave. What do you mean? Because, you know, craving chocolate, I, I, you know, are you sweet or savory is always the question. Do you crave chocolate or do you crave chips? Are you craving pasta with because you need carbs? Or are you craving, like, a good gelato or ice cream? Like, you know, we use that language, like craving, because it's this deep, I desire this, and right now I need it. So you say that we were made to crave, but how do you – balance that out so like you say it doesn't it doesn't the craving doesn't lead you into in in destructive behavior patterns or your consumption well i think when we talk about our desires or our cravings there's a certain intensity built into it mm -hmm. it's no longer just that i want something we start saying i need something um, or i must have something so you can see the intensity it's like 
I, I, you know, I like something to, I need something to, I must have something. And I think that we have to pay attention to the way we're verbalizing um, our desires and our longings and our cravings. And I think that'll give us a real indication if we are looking to food to satisfy something that food was never meant to satisfy. So food can satisfy our stomach, but food can never get down into our soul and satisfy us there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, I, I take a lot of, a lot of whatever I'm studying back to Genesis, especially Genesis chapters one, two, and three. And when I looked at what happened with Eve, I, I became absolutely fascinated that the scripture tells us in Genesis chapter two, that God placed Adam and, and then eventually created Eve and placed her in this garden full of trees and all of the trees in the garden had fruit on it that was good for food and pleasing to the eye. And, and, and God spoke to them in freedom. Like God said to Adam in freedom, in a language of freedom, he said, you are free to eat from any of the trees in the garden. Just not this one tree in the center of the garden, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so it became fascinating to me that when Eve was looking at this tree, oftentimes we steer where we stare. And so she was staring at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the fruit that was on this tree. And she's rationalizing it, of course, with the help of the serpent. Oh, you will not die. Like, and kind of giving this impression that God's holding out on you. Like, you're not going to die. You're going to become more like God. And that's good, right? And so she steers where she stares, right? To the very thing that God said, you're free to do all of this, just not this, right? And she looks at that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she says that it was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for food and also desirable for giving her wisdom. Now, that tree was never supposed to give Eve wisdom. God said, don't partake of this tree. And so she was looking at a tree to provide her something that God had already given her in absolute appropriate measures. God had already given Adam and Eve all the wisdom that they ever needed to handle the life that he had entrusted to them. But Eve wanted more. She wanted the knowledge of good and evil. And though she was surrounded by fruit that was pleasing to the eye and good for food, she looked at the one fruit she wasn't had, and she said, this fruit is, this is amazing. It is so pleasing to the eye, and it is so good for food, and it will give me something beyond what God has already given me. And she took some, and she ate it, and she gave some to her husband, who was right there with her, mm-hmm. and he ate it. And then when he ate it, the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. And that's when they started covering, shaming, blaming, hiding from God and all of that. And so as I studied that, this 
picture, I found a couple of things fascinating. I found it absolutely fascinating that of all the things the enemy could have used to tempt Eve, he used food. And he set up a scenario that this object that could satisfy her could also give her something God was withholding from her. Now that translates way beyond food, yeah, you know? It does. It translates into any desire that we have that either we have taken and misused or taken and abused mm -hmm. or taken and expected it to give us something that that object or that person or that circumstance or that success was never intended to give us. You see, God did make us to crave so that we would always desire more of him. Mm. So God made us as creatures that would desire and have longing so that we would always turn that longing toward him so that he could appropriately satisfy us. But when sin entered into the world and we no longer lived in perfection, you know, Adam and Eve were in the perfection of the Garden of Eden. So their, their one longing was supposed to just be for God himself. But now we live in an imperfect world. So we have so many longings, so many desires, so many places where the imperfections of this world nag at us and, and distract us and make us feel so very unsatisfied. And so there are so many ways that this world tries to lure us to crave satisfaction from things that were never meant to satisfy our soul. And so God made us to crave, but we must remember only he can satisfy the deep longings of our soul. And if our soul gets dehydrated and our soul gets starved, then it, it is very, very possible and likely mm -hmm. that we will look for temporary satisfaction and we will overuse or abuse or misuse things of this world to try to numb a dissatisfaction that God says he is able today to get in and nourish our souls. We can look at Jeremiah chapter two and it says that, you know, we, we look at, at, at like God is the source of living water for us, but we try to get water from broken cisterns that will never satisfy. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of this journey to me isn't about a diet and how much I weigh and even so much about my food choices as it is being honest with the with the desires of my soul and and knowing that I've got to give those to the Lord and let the Lord direct those in healthy ways but it applies to so much more than just food yeah that's powerful Lisa and I think for you know the woman man who you know we're coming into this new year we're we're kind of standing looking you know at this new year and we're saying i want to stick to a healthy lifestyle i want to make these good choices i don't want to overindulge in all the things that are destructive to me that i know what would you say to them you know here's a new year we're looking at the new year and now it's time to make some choices what would your encouragement to be to them 
So I think that we need to get very well prepared with healthy eating go-to scripts. So this book, I'll start again on Monday, it's not a diet book. And it, it's not even going to lay out like the latest and greatest healthy eating plan because this isn't a book that's going to teach you how to get healthy. Um, there's lots of books that will teach you how to get healthy. This isn't about the how-to. This book is about the want-to. Mm. How can I have the lasting spiritual and emotional motivation to want to get healthy, maintain healthy choices, and stay healthy? And so... In the book, I give you healthy uh, go-to, healthy eating go-to scripts, where when you start saying those things like, I wouldn't just like some popcorn with butter and M&Ms, right? Yes. I need some popcorn with butter and M&Ms. And so, and so in that moment where we've changed a want to, to a need to, to a I have to have it, then there's some healthy eating go-to scripts in here using scripture to help us check, you know, what, what is it that we're really longing for? And hey, if you really want some popcorn and some M&Ms, great. Have some popcorn and M&Ms. Just, just portion it out so that it doesn't shoot your blood sugar out of whack and make you feel physically sick. And I mean, have you ever overeaten butter popcorn with candy? I mean, it's a yeah. terrible feeling and yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah, it's almost like, <laughs> yes. And it's almost like to satisfy our taste buds, buds, we violate our stomach. <laughs> like our stomach's not meant to handle like yeah. all that, you know what I mean? And so I think these, these scriptures, it's not going to make you feel guilty for eating. It's going to make you feel empowered to make healthy choices mm-hmm. and it is a okay to have some treats, you know, it's just, we don't want to become so oversaturated with treats that we send our body into cravings that just are going to lead us to feeling terrible, gaining weight, you know, and all of that. And so it, it really is about more about managing our thoughts and more about using truth to guide us than it is about that number on the scale for sure. Lisa, that's so good because I think that has been the focus, but we're looking at, you know, you're right, numbers on the scale. And then we, when we fail, we get so, you know, we're so hard on ourselves. But I like what you're saying. You know, it, it's actually, and I think there's some intentional thoughtfulness that we need to take for ourselves rather than like rushing through life and just responding and reacting. This is about actually being thoughtful. Like maybe the next few days as you start the new year, like sit down you know, read your book, let's make a plan, let's make some choices, let's write out some prayers. And I always say that, Lisa, it's like we have to make good choices. We can't just think life is going to happen when we don't do anything. <laughs> you know, it, it things right. don't change unless we make healthy choices for ourselves. And I'm a big believer in that. You know, when I speak, I'm always like, you know, women, you know, young people, we have to make choices. You cannot sit and think everything's going to be great. <laughs> by you doing nothing. So I'm really encouraged by that. I'm really encouraged by that. Thanks. Well, I'm encouraged by it too, because I really feel like we are empowered by Christ and the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit in us, right? 
And so we need to live empowered lives. We don't need to live defeated lives. Right. And I have felt defeated so many days because of my food choices. And I just think, no, like, again, I am designed to consume food, but food is not supposed to consume me. And so I don't need to live in this defeated mindset because what starts just with like, oh, I feel so defeated, you know, look how much I ate or look what I ate or I feel so blah, you know, we're not supposed to feel defeated because if we feel defeated, we'll start to live defeated and it leaks Mm -hmm. into the thoughts about other aspects of our lives. But if I feel empowered then I'm going to live empowered and I'm going to approach everything else with a, a different kind of godly confidence and a different kind of godly assurance. And also think about our mood, you know, food directly affects our mood and, um, and whether or not we drink water defect directly affects us too. I, um, I've done some research and research shows that if we feel anxious, if we will just drink four ounces of water, Four ounces of water will help calm down our anxiety. So drink four ounces of water. Give yourself 20 minutes because when you're triggered in the part of your brain, the amygdala that stores our um, our trauma and, and those really strong feelings of fight, flight, freeze, you know, if you, if you get triggered in that and you feel super anxious, give yourself 20 minutes for that prefrontal cortex to kick back on, the the logical part of your brain to kick back on, drink the four ounces of water so you can bring some of that anxiety down and go outside and just remind yourself like the sky is not falling. Mm -hmm. But if instead of that, like if we're reaching for four ounces of Coke, you know, Coca-Cola or Pepsi or soda, every time we feel anxious, well, that caffeine is just going to make us feel more anxious, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, That choice, it has a whole lot less to do about our diet and a whole lot more to do making healthy choices that keep us empowered, walking in victory rather than defeated and full of anxiety all the time. Lisa, thank you so much. That is a perfect message as we kick off our new year. I so appreciate, uh, again, just your openness about your own struggles and then writing a book uh, on on this and helping us and i and i love it you have so much great wisdom there so thank you and i hope you have a great year i we're we're cheering for you um i think this year is going to be a a good year i think even for me lots of new learnings and i have some you know great hopes and for this year so we'll be praying for you and cheering you on in your ministry and in your work and so thank you so much for being with us today Well, thank you. That's a gift, and I I receive it and treasure it. So thanks so much. It's been an honor to be with you. Thank you, Lisa, so much. So inspiring, so deep, and so open. I love our conversation. And I know that the conversation is going to continue with great celebration and joy and thoughtfulness because we're going to now go to the studio to hear from Cheryl, Esther, and Trifina about what they're looking forward to this new year, what they've learned this past year, and how they're going to create a healthy life uh, in this new year. Lots of encouragement, lots of wisdom. So let's go to the studio now. Woo! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! 
Happy New Year, everybody. Um, do you think they know it's New Year here uh, on Senior Love? <laughs> Listen, I should have worried when Melinda said, I've got the boa. <laughs> People. Yes, I know. <laughs> this and, look is at, and look at Tripeen and Esther. Yes! Happy New Year, you guys. Happy Woo! New Year, guys. Happy New Year. This is amazing. We are like awesome. entering into a new year together. And what better girlfriends yeah. to do this with? And this is the show where we're looking back, we're looking ahead, we've got inspiring thoughts, and we're celebrating we together are this, celebrating. this day. Yeah. I think we need this, right, you guys? We, I think we need some celebration. We need this. What a year it's been for so many. <laughs> I know we're going to dive in, but it's been quite a year. We need to celebrate, yes. right? Yes. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Esther Trifani, ready to celebrate? Screen. We're ready. Ready. You're all set. Okay. Well, then let's start with this because you. This is usually we do the one word for the year coming, but I thought let's do one word that describes our past year, the looking back. So, are you ready? You have your paper. It's all ready to hold up. Okay. So, Trifina, let's start with you. Let's start right away with we're looking back at 2021. Your word for 2021. Okay. So my word is congruent. Oh. Maybe not because I'm like, I think of it like a math term, but the idea of congruency to me is harmony and something being in alignment. And I feel like for the first time in a long time in my life, I feel like I'm congruent with the person I see in the mirror first thing in the morning wow. and the same person that shows up in every sphere of my life, especially coming out of lockdown where we're home with our families and I get to be in this safe space and going back into the world. I'm like, I don't want to put um, a facade back on. I want to, don't want to subscribe to systems and structures. I want to get to be me. Oh, I like oh, the congruent. I love that. I like Try that. Being... I haven't heard that word when people have done a one word. Yeah, yet. that's no, a good one. That's a new one. Okay, Esther, your word from this last year. Okay, here is my word. It's fulfillment. And um, fulfillment. the reason I chose this word, I know that that seems like a strange word in the middle of a global pandemic. It's just that for me, this year past has just been like a fulfillment of so many of God's promises. And mm -hmm. I remember years ago thinking like, you know, that verse hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I just feel like that the next part of that is, but the longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And I just feel like God has Ooh. blessed, you know, in the work and in family, in our marriage, things that were uh, broken and, and difficult are now made um, perfect in God. And I just, yeah, it's been a really good year for that. Oh, fulfillment that's really good okay I'm really happy that there's some really positive mm -hmm. positive words mm -hmm. on with them so yeah. Cheryl for yeah. you your word for the past year so yeah looking at 2021 I wrote resolute and oh. so resolute means to be admirably purposeful forward progressive in the midst of hardship or uh, pushback you know and so I feel wow. like 2021 has been a challenge for me and for many others but we persevered we trusted God uh, we we believed we did the things that God called us mm. to do with obedience and we were bruised but we weren't broken yeah and as Good. the Bible says we were cast down sometimes but we weren't destroyed yes yeah resolute I love that yeah. okay um, so I kind of cheated because <laughs> I pretended it was one word but it's really two words so I really felt it was for me intentional connections. And I think with a year like as what you were saying with the pandemic, I really, my year, and I actually asked Chris, my husband, I said, what would you say my, my word is for, for this past year? And he actually said, connection, connecting. Cause I wow. really felt that I was very intentional on connecting with people, connecting with people to ensure they had, you know, platform or space, but even just in my own personal friendships, so it was good. all about connection. 
Good. Um, being with people, being present with people. So I think the connection part was really big for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, intentional connections. It's one word for this show. I love that. <laughs> Not two. Not, not one word, hyphenated. One yeah. word, one word. Oh, well, I got a wowzer of a question. Okay. Are you ready for okay. it? Okay, go. So, guys, uh, we're going to dig deep now. Okay. What is a huge sort of truth that you have found out about yourself, about God, mm -hmm. something that was really revealed to you in mm -hmm. this year? I got to start with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, was, this was really good. You know, it's really good to pause and reflect on what you've learned in a year. Sometimes we just go right into a new year without thinking about what we learned. So here's the one thing. As an extrovert, I really realized this year that I need alone time to recharge. Now, people usually recharge me, and I'm the extrovert of all extroverts, but I found that this year I was getting depleted. Interesting. I was getting exhausted. Mm -hmm. Then I was getting angry and resentful because mm -hmm. of these things. And so I realized that this year I needed to step away, take a walk, have a pause, turn off my phone, and, and recharge, and almost be in solitude, nice. which was a big learning for me. That's never really happened. This year was the year for more of the pause, solitude, and uh, time away. That's big for you. It is very big. <laughs> but I say that's kind of like Jesus, because yeah. Jesus did that a lot in the scripture. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, good. Yeah, so. How about you, Trifina? So, you guys are going to laugh at this, because this is like, some people might say it's a Sunday school truth, it, but it landed this year that my body, like this breathing, living body is made in the image of God. Oh, and so I, nice. so everything that I do to care for this body, to listen to this body is an act of worship, is caring for the image of God. And then as so I was reading Henry now in this year, um, and he talks about the most important thing happening in your life is what's happening inside of you, which like it shouldn't have blown my mind, but it did because if Holy Spirit is in and on me, and my body is a representation of the image of God, then why am I not listening to when my body needs me to rest or when it's feeling overwhelmed or um, whatever the emotion is, that I'm actually taking time to like listen to what is happening there because that is worship. Oh, that's good. So good. I like that. I really oh, like I love that. that. Yeah. Esther, what about you? Um, as someone who has for most of my life, I've been very independent and I like to take charge and do everything myself. And I've realized that Oh my goodness, like working full time and taking care of family and volunteering and trying to maintain relationship with people. I can't do it alone and that I'm actually far better if I work with team. And so working at the work that I have, reaching out to people for help, asking for advice, um, seeking counsel, um, help from my husband at home, like things like that, that are a real stretch for me. I realized I can't do it on my own. Um, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I need help and I need support. And that's a good thing. I don't need to be a hero, but it's actually better to work with other people in your life. Oh, that's wow. a good learning. Wow. There's so like a real, there's, like, there's <laughs> almost a theme here. You'll see, because mine is literally Yeah, the okay, same you're, thing. what did you learn this year, Cheryl? Uh, I learned, uh, I woke up to the reality that I'm not an island. Mm. Uh, I need sisterhood. Mm -hmm. I've always portrayed and given off that I'm good on my own. Uh, yeah, I'm not. And so there are moments and seasons where the bumps are too bumpy. <laughs> the hits are too hard. Mm -hmm. the, the, the knockdowns are a bit too, uh, you know, uh, forceful. And sometimes you do need to just lean on community. And I realize mm -hmm. that I need, I need sisterhood. I need friendship. I need community. I'm not an island. Wow. Okay, so I'm just going to just recap. So what we've learned... Yes, good luck. <laughs> ...is that 
Uh, the extrovert needs some solitude. Right. The extrovert needs some um, alone time. Yeah. That our whole body is this worship Beautiful. to God, right? Like this whole sense of from Trifina, like who I am, this yeah. is all worship to God. I, I love that. Esther's saying, I need team. Yeah. You know, I need I need the people to help me in yeah. this life and work and in, in marriage and family. And then Cheryl, you're saying, <laughs> I need sisterhood. Yeah. Wow. So these are good learnings that I hope all of us will take into the new year in 2022 and, and take those learnings and then really live it out. Yeah. Live it out. Well, guys, we're going to dig another layer. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> we're going deeper. I want you now to think ahead uh, to 2022 and a word that uh, you're hoping to, aspiring to, mm -hmm. believing for, maybe even something that you're trying to become. I want you to write it down on a piece of paper and then we're gonna show it. Okay, you've got it. Does everybody have it? And, like they're all like, yeah, we're all set. Okay, right, who's going go. first? Um, Esther. Esther, let's go with first. Esther. Okay, <laughs> uh, so my word is fearless. Hey. And uh, hopefully you can read all that. Uh, yeah, so fearless because uh, for years I just cared way too much about other people's opinions and afraid about failure and messing up and, and making wrong moves. Like I said, I'm very independent. So uh, just I felt like everything was way down on me. And I feel like fearless for, for the new year, just walking in faith, mm. walking in love, um, walking in how God views me and, and not living in fear about who I am, what people think about that, whether I'm um, doing good enough or not good enough, like all those things, those comparisons, just fearless. And um, yeah, I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Love that. Yeah, Love that word fearless. Okay, we're gonna see how you do it in the next year. There's accountability. Right? Every time you say this, I'm gonna be like, and now you're accountable. Oh, right. <laughs> Trying to be fearless, girl. Trifina, what about you? <laughs> okay, so mine is free. Ooh. So can you to kind of go off the idea of congruency of like being authentic and free to myself. Mm. Um, but so I'm in this unique season of life where after seven years, both my kids are in school. We've just moved home, moved homes. My husband's a little more established in his career. Um, I've decided I'm not going back to what I used to do. So I'm like, okay, there's a lot of freedom in that and a lot of terror. And so everyone's <laughs> been asking me, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I've really been feeling that like heaviness and just, I feel like Holy Spirit's been realigning to that to know you are actually free to figure out what you want to do. Like there's a freedom and there's a beauty in that. Um, and as we re-enter world, the world, not to give into like those capitalist systems and structures of like, I need to be productive. I need to hustle. What does it look like to just live in my freedom of who God made me? I wow. love it. Amazing. Okay, girl. All right. <laughs> Daryl, here's yours. Um, okay, my wait, word yep. is, and dun, here we go. Dun, 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 dun. Dun healing oh that's not what i expected i but, know oh okay i know i don't want to get her emotional <laughs> i have oh gosh what's happening i have for almost seven seasons had warrior words huge big war filled she mm. know she words <laughs> and uh i realized that i'm only as strong as i am in my inner being mm. and i'm only as productive as my emotional health and spiritual health and so in order for me to have more impact, I need to have more healing. Mm. And so I am working on healing myself, healing relationships. He, I, I want to I mm. be a facilitator of healing for those that are in divisive demographics. Mm. I just want to see relationships, people, 
the world healed. I know it sounds really cheesy. No, it's good. Okay. And again, for all the years we've been together for New Year's, you're right. It's always been these Whoa. outward strong, and that's that's really like an an internal inward. Well, this and this is for word. someone. I, I just want to say this for someone. True power is healing. Mm -hmm. That's true power. That's, that's how you beautiful. measure. Beautiful. I love that. Well, this is my word, and it might be a, a, an unfamiliar word for a, a few, but it's statio. Oh. Statio, which means being present in the moment. It also means holy pause. It also means uh, doing one thing before you do another. And where I got this word was I was actually speaking with a Benedictine nun, Joan uh, Chittister, and she was saying to me one of the monastic practices is statio. So before you do anything, you actually take 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour to be present before you enter into that thing. Wow. So when I was going to interview her, she told me, and this is the first time it's ever happened, you guys, in all the years I've done television and, and broadcast. She said, I took 45 minutes before I spoke to Melinda to be present for you. I thought of you. I prayed for you. I thought of our conversation. I asked God to be in it. I centered myself. I focused on you. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, when I sat down with her, you could tell she was fully with me. Yeah. She was totally, fully present with me. So and something about Holy Spirit, it, it, it just, just boomed in my you. heart where I'm like, I want to be that. Right. I want to honor people when I'm with them. I want to honor and be fully present in a moment. Like right, right. now, I want right. to be fully present and not thinking ahead of things. And it is a discipline. It is a discipline Listen. that I need to work on. Love Holy this. pause. Love this. Present in every moment. Yeah. And it's stadio. Because so that is my word. Because we can be in the room, but not in the moment. Right. And, you're, and that you just spoke to my heart. Yeah. So here's the thing, you guys, now that we've all said it. So Trifina, we're going to be like, how's the free? How's the freedom? How's that going? Yeah. And then to Esther, we're going to be like, fearless? Fearless. How, How are we doing? stepping in courage yeah. and in bravery? Yeah. And then Cheryl will be like, how's the healing? How's yeah. the internal healing? Yeah. And then you guys are going to call me out, go, are you stadio? Are you present? With us right now, Melinda, are you present? <laughs> so those are really, really, so good. really good words. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, I think it's a really good time for us to kind of ground this whole con It's been so good. Let's ground it even more in scripture. Yeah, excellent. And we're going to go to the good word with a good friend of mine, uh, pastor, coach, parent, uh, expert, Raquel Brown, as she digs in to Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Take a listen. Hello. Today's good word comes from Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, and it reads, The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I want to read that one more time. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. This life can throw us some challenges, some serious situations that sometimes leave us feeling like we are by ourselves. Sometimes the circumstances of life can leave you feeling like you're all alone, but we need to cling to this word. We need to cling to this word that reminds us that God has promised, he has covenanted to never leave us alone. In the book of Psalms, it says that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
that he will be with us. It connects with this word that reminds us that we don't have to be afraid. Because though we will have times that feel like that death, though we will have times that actually are death, that God has promised to be with us, to walk through those times with us. And because we have his promise, because we know the sovereign God is active and alive and present in our lives, we can walk through those times without fear and with confidence because his word does not lie and his word declares that he will be with us. He will be with me and he will be with you. You are not alone. Oh, Raquel, excellent, excellent um, thoughts about Mm -hmm. the passage in Deuteronomy. Okay, so here it is. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. I think it's a perfect verse as we start 2022. Trifina, your thoughts on this verse for yourself and for others as an anchor verse for this new year. Okay. So I love this verse. Um, late, le- at the end of the summer, we went camping as a family. I don't know why people go camping, but I was trying to be loved. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Agreed and agreed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and if something could go wrong, everything went wrong on this camping trip. And so I am like lying in my sleeping bag, freezing cold, yelling at Jesus in my head because my kids are finally sleeping. And I'm like, what is going on? And I felt like Jesus gave me this image that just paralleled with this verse so well for me, where he's like, people pay big money to go on roller coasters, to go in amusement parks, to go to ride the highs, to ride the lows. And they always end well. Like the roller coaster always completes well. I mean, like 99% of the time, but we're trusting that God is holding the roller coaster here. And so it's going to end well. And so for me, this verse just amplifies that going into 22, that I'm going to ride the highs and I'm going to ride the lows and know that God has got me. And to really define joy in that and not complain about it, because the life I'm living is a very privileged life and I want to be grateful for it. Oh, so grateful acknowledging we have a privileged life, our responsibility to those that are not. That's good, Trifina. That's really good. And you're right about camping. I I mean, for all the campers out there, they're like, you're hating on camping. (laughs) Don't do it. But I mean, for me, I really try. I do glamping and I can't do it. Glamping, I can't even do. But anyway, sorry. (laughs) But thank you for that. That was good. Okay, Esther. This verse for well, the new year. Just, just for the record, our family has never gone camping with our kids. So you, know, you are so much more bold than us. Uh, but anyway, so as I look to the new year and the word fearless for, for me, and maybe someone else here will resonate with this too, but this verse helps me in knowing that we're not alone, that God's got it, that he goes before us, um, and knowing that we can't be fearless in our own strength or wisdom or ability. It's really knowing where our strength comes from and where our peace comes from. So I just love that God's got it and uh, he's our guide and he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So that is what will empower me to be fearless in the new year is holding on to verses like this. So hopefully that will encourage someone else too, who may be mm. wanting to step out into new places and spaces. Mm-hmm. Mm. God's got it. He's gone before us. Yeah. That's so comforting. That's yeah. so encouraging for somebody yeah. who's like, I'm all alone in this life. Right. I have no idea what's going to happen. Right. But the sense of God going before us. Cheryl, yeah. for you. Listen, uh, life is about the voyage. You know, mm. life's about the adventure. It's about the journey. And I've been camping in this thought since our Christmas season, since our Advent season, that um, Jesus didn't promise us a storm-free life. 
but he promised that he'll be with us in the storm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I, I have a clear perspective now that this adventurous, voyage-filled life is going to have a lot of storms, but my peace comes from knowing who's in the boat with me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I was going to say that because that was one of your blogs from our Christmas Peace yeah. Week, and I thought that was so profound. It's like, you know, who's in the boat with me? Yeah. He's in the boat. Yeah. Who's in with it's me? It's not the too. absence of the storm. No. Yeah. I love what you're all saying. I think as I'm thinking ahead for this year, I'm hearing all these words, free and fearless and healing and the words from last year. I think that idea that God goes before us, I've always said in the verse of Isaiah 41.10, like, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand has been my verse. Mm. Because I think like you're, you're, you can't be alone. Right. And you need God, you need community, you need truth and you need God. And I think that sense that God goes before you now, it doesn't mean it's gonna be a easy year, 2022 guys. And we know that cause we were like, yay, 2019. <laughs> yay, 2021, <laughs> yay, 2022. <laughs> like we were, we're all like this right. and, we, and every year we didn't know, but here's right. the promise that God is with us. Yeah. And we can do things through his spirit, his Holy Spirit yeah. to help us each day. So I just wanna say this, you guys have a great, Great new year. Uh, so glad we can journey together on this to, you know, here at See Here Love. Yeah. But again, really um, excited to see fearlessness and healing and freedom. Yeah. Um, and so many of those things in and through your lives. So thank you so much for thank you, being with us for this year and for going into a new year together. It's been a great thank year, you. guys. It has been great. Thank you guys so much. Well, what a show. Uh, I hope this has set you up. Uh, for the new year. I hope this show has encouraged you to make healthy choices for yourself. I hope this show uh, has inspired you to choose peace, has inspired you to be kind to yourself, has inspired you to choose good things. And uh, as you step into this new year, I know we always say this as a close, but I really want you to grasp this that as you navigate the challenges that this year is going to bring and as you celebrate the joys and the milestones and the anniversaries and birthdays, I really want you to know that you are seen, that God sees you, that every day he sees you, he sees your value, he delights in you, he dances over you, he sees you in all your beauty. Maybe even though you think you're have too many pounds on you and, and you, you fail at your diets and your decisions. God sees you and calls you beloved. He also hears you. You are heard. Your prayers are heard. Your dreams are heard. Your, your voice is heard. Your story matters. You are heard. God hears you through the tears. He hears you through the screams and joys and laughter. He hears you through the songs you sing, maybe even off key. He hears you and delights in your voice and in your story. And then he deeply loves you. No matter what you've done, the mistakes, uh, the self-deprecation, uh, the way that you don't love yourself, God loves you deeply. He is for you and he loves you and he cares so much for you. And I just wanted to share that promise to you as you start this year, that you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God. Thank you so much for joining us and happy new year.
It's our first ever See Here Love conference coming on Saturday, March 26, 2022, and the theme is Making Space. Making space for life-giving friendships, leading yourself and others well, for loving your neighbors, and for Sabbath and rest. We hope you join me and our See Here Love co-hosts and special guests, along with our amazing keynote speakers, Annie F. Downs, Joe Saxton, Holly Forche, and Shayla Visser, for an afternoon of fun, laughter, celebration, friendship, prayer, and tons of learning and activities. We'd love for you to join us March 26, 2022. And for more information, go to seeherelove.com slash conference. See Here Love thanks our partners who make this show possible. for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded, nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre for Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing See Here Love. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R, 4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.